0: What's up? How you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the According to Sources football podcast. Probably should introduce ourselves first, right? Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> name is Alex Burns, and uh, I'll be your co-host.
1: Yeah, my name's TJ Striano. I'm your other co-host here tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Alex Burns Hoops, and TJ, you're TJ Striano?
1: TJ Striano.
0: TJ Striano. Got it. I need to fix that. I, I did it wrong in the description on our podcast. <laughs> That's good. People are going to be following the wrong person. Oh, uh, good. That,
1: man? I'm good, dude. How are you? Good. 14, How's up? Uh, quarantine beard and all. You can't hear me? <laughs> no, I said you got your quarantined beard going and all.
0: I know. I'm trying. We were just talking before we started recording, and I have literally all these little splotches and patches and stuff that are all in. So I'm trying to get on your level, though.
1: Dude, this is like, I don't even know how long, a year, and then like three months of not touching it. That's taken a year? To like, I've had it for a year. And I haven't touched it. Touched it in like. Three right, months. I
0: was gonna say, there's no way that's taking a year. <laughs> but I, you've had this. You've had like the same length of beard since I met you, like four, or five years ago.
1: Yeah, I always trim it to keep it like manageable. But quarantine had me like, I just want to kind of embrace it. Yeah. And kind of just go for like the the Chris Kidwell, the Daniel Young type of thing.
0: <laughs> no, I, yeah, I can't do that. I wish I could. But <laughs> I, I don't have those kind of hormones in my in my system. So, <laughs> dude, let's talk some football. Yeah. I don't think it's ever too early to talk football, even though we're what, four months away from kicking off the regular season.
1: Hopefully only four months away from kicking off the regular season.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. With all this stuff going on, I mean, you know, COVID-19 affecting, you know, who knows when mini camp or training camp and, and all that's going to start, but uh, it's never too late to talk football, never too early to talk football. So yeah, yeah let's jump right in. Uh, and before we get started real quick, the purpose of this podcast, we just want to, like I said, talk football, whether it's college, the draft, whether it's fantasy football, all that kind of stuff. It's the best It's the best sport in the world. And so that's kind yeah. of the purpose yeah. of this podcast. Uh, so let's just jump in. What are some big stories we got here? First up, what are some good landing spots for top remaining free agents? Now, Dalton just signed to the Cowboys, surprisingly, yesterday. Yeah. So who does that leave us?
1: So that leaves Cam us with Newton. Cam Newton to start.
0: Where do you think he's going?
1: So I don't know. This is a tough one because there's only like one real – debatable opening left yeah and that's new england but everything coming out of every analyst and out of new england and every beat writer is all saying they're all in on stidham and even like matt miller over at bleach report and six football was saying that he would have been a first round quarterback this year would have been qb3 so they basically got their guy a year early so that's like so where's cam go then
0: i don't know I don't know. It's tricky. I think, uh, Heath Cummings from CBS sports today, I was listening to, uh, him kind of talk, you know, I think he wants starter money. I don't think he wants to go anywhere and be a backup. And I think that's kind of the only option he really has at this point. Um, other than new England. I mean, wouldn't you say Cam Newton is better than two thirds of the quarterbacks in the NFL, like from a, from a talent perspective.
1: Yeah. If there was no injuries, if it was like in a black hole, everything's equal he's probably one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. The issue is you can't sign him to not start him because he's a former MVP. So nobody's going to want to have that attention on the bench. Yeah. And like the second, like the one fit I could see being like a good fit as a backup would be like Buffalo where they have that strong arm quarterback already. That's mobile. that could run through people like Cam does. So if Josh Allen goes down, it's like a seamless transition. But the second Josh Allen throws an interception, the fans are me calling for Cam Newton to come in.
0: <laughs> I know it's a distraction. Yeah. It's a um, I think uh, – well, I don't actually think this is realistic, um, but just as a fun option for the sake of having fun, I actually think Los Angeles Rams would be actually a good fit. Uh, remember last season when they signed Bortles, it surprised everybody because Goff yeah. was coming off the, the amazing year. They went to the Super Bowl. They went pretty far. And look what happened to Goff. I mean, yeah, there yeah. some questions about him as being the future franchise quarterback for the Rams. We already know Sean McVay is an excellent play caller. I think yeah. – I wouldn't be super shocked if he signed with the Rams, to be honest. But I don't know. And I think, too, you know, Camberley hasn't had a lot of offensive minds around him. I mean, Ron Rivera has been a defensive coach, defensive-minded. They've always had a tough defense, for the most part, when Ron Rivera was there. It would be very interesting to see Cam Newton under Sean McVay scheming up plays for him. Because I I think he's one of the best talented quarterbacks in the league. I just think, you know, he was never the best passer, but Mm – he was always running the football, and that was what made him a threat. As, you know, an MVP was running the football, and I think putting that under Sean McVay that would be kind of dangerous.
1: Yeah, I can see that for sure. And you see all these like young, innovative, like offensive-minded coaches valuing the backup quarterback role more. Oh than yeah. The older coaches, like just look at Philadelphia with drafting Jalen Hurts like in the second round. Nobody saw that coming, and they're just saying like we have a way we could use him now, and that's our insurance if Wentz goes down again. Oh yeah, I could totally see McVay thinking the same thing with Cam. If Cam is willing to take backup money,
0: but I don't think he is.
1: I don't think he is either.
0: <laughs> I think that's the problem. I don't think Cam Newton's taking backup money. Um, would you be surprised if he didn't play at all in 2020?
1: I I wouldn't be, but I also think, I think if you see an injury to a big quarterback on a team that doesn't really have a backup, or not even necessarily a big quarterback, like say like L.A. like or Las Vegas, the Raiders. Say Derek Carr goes down or Derek Carr just sucks. I can see Gruden like week six going, let's give Cam a try. And I think that's the only type of way he plays is like somebody just absolutely sucks or somebody goes down with a huge injury unexpected.
0: I just, yeah, no, I agree. I just can't believe that we're in 2020 coming into season and we're talking about Cam Newton who won the MVP in 2015, just not on a roster. And there's a very real chance that he might not be on a roster this season. It's so weird to me.
1: Yeah. And but speaking of,
0: speaking of money, um, what gonna about say. Jadavion Clowney?
1: Yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. I was like, we have another big name that's even more surprising to not be on a roster right now with Davion Clowney. People thought the market was going to be huge for him.
0: I don't know. I feel like I'm not – I mean, although he's one of the best, um, you know, defensive ends in the NFL and, and pass rushers, I, I'm just not super surprised. What was he? he was asking $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little bit outrageous. Um I mean, what's Aaron Donald getting paid?
1: Oh, I don't know. I have to pull that up off the top of my yeah. head. But I know, I know. He, he set the market for defense in general, didn't he?
0: Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head what Aaron Donald's making. But so
1: he signed a uh, extension, 135 million, eighty seven guaranteed. <laughs> Comes out it's over six years, so it's an average salary of twenty two point five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's no way Clowney's on the same level as Aaron Donald. I mean that's for sure.
1: Yeah. The whole thing, though, is like the market for free agency every year resets the market, and there's always inflation. Like, look at my Giants with Nate Solder. Nate Solder has not been a top-five tackle, but he's been paid like one because that's what the market was.
0: Yeah. Where do you think he goes?
1: I – so this is like a – this is the football fan of me wishing this into existence is like the Jets. I think they're just missing edge rushers. They have a strong secondary. They have strong linebacking core if they stay healthy this year. Strong defensive line. Imagine adding – a runs uh, edge setting edge rusher like Jadavian county to that team that could stop the run that makes everybody around him better like that just be incredible
0: yeah as a dolphin fan i don't like that at all <laughs> i don't want him in the same division as us um i mean that's that's definitely an interesting thought especially because you know tom brady left and now he he's left the, the afc east and now you know i i kind of think that division is wide open yeah, um, yeah. i know buffalo's I mean, you really can't disrespect New England. As long as Bill Belichick is the coach there, I think yeah. they're, they're going to be competitive. But I think right now Buffalo's the the, the front runner to come out of that division um, mm-hmm. and a lot of other teams that are getting good. So New York Jets, the Dolphins, who we'll talk about later. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's I could see that. Um, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. What about the Tennessee
1: Titans? Titans, I think, would be a good fit. I don't see John Robinson making that kind of signing because he comes yeah. from that Bill Belichick tree where it's like – you don't really go after these big name guys. You kind of make them out of people that people discard, yeah. like Kyle Van Like the Lions gave him away for what a 6 round pick, and they made him into an all pro.
0: And now he's on the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, and I see like Tennessee kind of doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It would be great though.
0: I'm just thinking because if you look at the division Tennessee is in, um, I could, I would honestly say with with Houston. Uh, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, trading him away, and not even getting a first-rounder, which is literally a whole other conversation. How does Houston trade away DeAndre Hopkins and not get a first-round pick? Um, I don't expect them to be as competitive as they were last year. Um, Losing DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I know they got Brandon Cooks, but it's just not the same. Um, David Johnson getting older. Say what you want.
1: I I have a a take on the way Houston's handling all this, and I don't think I've shared it with you. I want to hear it. So I don't think – I think the return was terrible. Okay. But if my understanding of like the moves they made is correct, then I'm okay with the trade. Because look at who they have on their team now. So it's Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, Kiki Cootie, Um, Who else they have that they signed recently? Uh, Randall Cobb. Is that the other one they signed?
0: They have Will and, Fuller, too.
1: And Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. So that's like five receivers that are just known for speed and shiftiness. Mm-hmm. I think that as great as DeAndre Hopkins is, bill o'brien is just like let me get some people that if my number one receiver is covered he just started somebody else that'll make a play from three yards passing
0: yeah that's gonna be hard to stop on the defensive side of the ball because if you go double up brandon cooks well you're gonna have will fuller on the other end and then if you do the opposite will fuller then you're brandon cooks yeah um yeah i mean i get it i think they're going for speed obviously a lot of teams are going for speed like the eagles Mm -hmm. drafted you know they're they traded for um who they trade for?
1: Marquise Goodwin. Um,
0: Marquise Goodwin. They drafted Jalen Rager. I mean, they're going for speed. I just think if you're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins and you want to go build your team around speed, it's great. Just at least get a first-round pick for it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like listen. I wouldn't trade him, but if you're going to trade him, get a first-round pick. I don't know. I think that division is wide open. I think I Tennessee made a big run. I think it was they were a little overachieving last year. I don't think they were really you know, as good as their record was. Or I think the Tannehill thing kind of rejuvenated them a little bit. But that's a team that I could see, you know, saying, hey, we're kind of in win-now mode. We don't really know what's going to happen in the next couple of years with Derrick Henry. You know, he has a lot of miles on him. Let's get some guy. Let's lock him up. We let Jarrell Casey walk in free agency, Austin Johnson. So there is a little bit of a need. Um, I think that could be an interesting team to land to Jadavian Clowney. And if it does, I mean, I don't know. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, they're trying to stop. They need pass rushing. I mean, obviously, yeah. for the people that play in their division. So, uh, I wouldn't be super shocked about that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Andy Dalton, unless you had something else on Jadavian.
1: I didn't. I didn't. I like the Andy Dalton signing. Since we, were, we originally planned on going into this talking about where he could sign, and since then he signed. And I kind of like it the more I think about it. Uh, <laughs> so like,
0: I know, man. I don't know. I don't have to think about this signing.
1: So, we were talking about it last night when it happened, and I like I might be completely wrong thinking of this, but there's I've seen it a little bit on Twitter today. There's some analysts that are saying like he put up equivalent numbers to what Dak has put up so far in his first four years when he had like an average supporting cast. Where now in Dallas, he has arguably one of the best offensive supporting casts in the league. Definitely a massive upgrade on the O line. Yeah. Debatably an upgrade at receiver, definitely an upgrade at running back. So like I could easily see like Dak not sign or Dak go down with entry. And then not miss a beat at all. Maybe even get better with Dalton coming in.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't <clears throat> dislike the signing. I mean, like you said before, um, it's never a bad thing to have more than you know one able-bodied quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think there's a saying saying you're only as worse as your as your best quarterback or your worst quarterback or something. As yeah, your quarterback. I don't know. I completely butchered that. Um, but I don't know. I kind of think, and I know there's been some reports that have you know kind of. You know, so this isn't the, the reason why. I kind of think they're anticipating a holdout with Dak with this contract situation. I don't know. I think they're preparing to be without Dak a little bit, um, and they wanted to make sure they got a nice QB that could, you know, potentially, like you said, fit right in with that roster. That roster, you, it's really easy to succeed with all the weapons you have, the offensive line. Is Elliott taking attention? I, I think it's more insurance for Dak more mm-hmm. than, oh, we just want, you know, Andy Dalton to come back us up in case, you know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, like you're saying, I don't care how many reports I see saying that Dalton's coming back because he wants to go back to Dallas. Who's going to come out and say, like, oh, yeah, we're scared Dak's not going to sign? Jerry's not going to uh, say I mean,
0: that. Who's going to it would be Jerry Jones.
1: Yeah. Jerry, Jerry
0: Jones the tweet where um, it's killed me. When he was uh, – it said – it was like a false tweet. It wasn't true. But they said <laughs> Jerry Jones is uh, locking himself in his $250 million yacht to draft and then said so no one can stop him. Like, he's just going to start making random picks – I thought that was, like, super funny.
1: I, like, I saw people talking about that today and reflecting back on it, on how good their draft was because of it. And it's like, if I was Jerry, I wouldn't leave the yacht for the rest of, like, this season. Like, I would just stand in oh, yeah. the yacht and make all the decisions from there with how good he drafted.
0: Seriously, Seriously they're going to be – I think they're going to be good. I know we talked a little bit off off the air that you, you're you kind of not really high on the Cowboys uh, this year. Is that, was that what you think?
1: No, I was saying, like, I'm not that high on Dak. I think Dak's just a product of his situation. More so than he is.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is from a Giants fan.
1: Yeah, this is a little bit of a biased opinion. <laughs> but I, I genuinely think he was a fourth round pick for a reason. Don't think the entire NFL missed out on him. I think he was a byproduct of having the best supporting cast in the NFL for the first four or five years of his career.
0: Hmm. It's definitely helped. I mean, having a good offensive line um, it does wonders. <clears throat> I mean, look at Andrew Luck two years ago. He was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks, best offensive line.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I, I definitely think there's truth to that. I think Dak is really good. I think he's awesome running the football. I think he's a threat with his legs. Yeah. Um, but yeah I mean, I have to agree with you. Having that kind of, you know, team built around him. He was yeah. set up for success. It's not like uh, Nathan Peterman. They just throw him in the middle of the game. Or, or who's yeah. uh, Josh Rosen? They just kind of throw him out of oh the line. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was set up to to succeed it for sure. And, uh, I'm high on him. I think the Cowboys are going to be good this year, but yeah. I don't know. I think they're preparing for a nice little lengthy holdout possibly um, with Dak. So Andy Dalton, it wasn't hard to get him either. I mean, he's from Texas. His family lives there. They're comfortable there. It wasn't super mm-hmm. hard. We'll just have to see what happens.
1: Yeah. I'm, I don't know, man. I just – I think Dalton would be the better move for them. Like, unbiased opinion.
0: Who like, did you want Dalton to go to?
1: I, for the sake of Dalton and for the sake of the powers that be of New England staying successful, New England would have been a fun one. (laughs) But, like, I just, I can't see it. I feel like, like, we talked about this with Cam a little bit off the air that, like, if Bill wanted the guy, Bill would have traded, like, a six round pick for him to make sure he wasn't going to get to the market. He
0: would have got
1: him, yeah. Yeah, I think Bill would have done the same thing with Andy Dalton before the draft, even before they even took Burrow to like, make sure he got his guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, I'm worth there with you. I would have thought new England would have been a really good pick uh, or a pairing. I mean, obviously just somebody, I, I don't personally think that Stidham is ready hundred uh, percent. Mm-hmm. I think they do love him. I think that he, that he is their guy uh, for the future. I think they were kind of not expecting Tom Brady to walk away mm-hmm. uh, this season. I, I, for one, wasn't expecting that at all. I thought he was going to resign. It doesn't really make any sense to, spend your entire career in New England and build that kind of legacy and then just leave when you're almost done. I don't know. Um,
1: he, he's pulling a pay to Manning. He's pulling a pay to Manning, except it's more of a, Hey, I can still more less of a, Hey, I can still do this and more of a, I'm the reason we won. Not bill personally is what I think.
0: That's going to be interesting. That that's going to be musty TV because I think f- like there's been all these narratives, is it Bill Belichick coaching? Is it, is it that, you know, structure of the team? Is it, mm-hmm. is it coaching or is it really Brady and his talent? That's going to be really good. Is Brady really a system QB, or is he actually one of the goats? Which I think, I think if he comes out this year and he plays really good, and you know, I'm not even going to say Super Bowl because I don't think that roster is really built to win a Super Bowl right now. I mean, we'll see. Uh, certainly on offense, they're great, but uh, if he takes that team far, far to the playoffs this year and makes a run, I will say there's no way Tom Brady's a system QB.
1: See, I agree with that, but at the same time. Like the guys on stick to football all the time always say like every quarterback's a system quarterback, even Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like you dropped Patrick Mahomes on the brown. Like he ain't winning an MVP, he ain't winning a Super Bowl.
0: I don't know. No matter Maybe how much talent he, he has. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I, I yeah, I agree. But but Patrick Mahomes, I feel like he's just once in a lifetime talent. I mean you put Jordan Love on Cleveland and they're going all the way, so <laughs> Dude, let's move on, because I actually yeah. want to talk about this because I'm this is like your forte right here. TJ is completely <laughs> just enwrapped with the NFL draft, with the prospect, the whole draft circuit, you know, players that are on the rise, players that are, you know, their, their stock is dropping a little bit. And so um, the NFL draft just passed about two weeks ago and a week and a half ago. And, uh, and let's talk a little bit about some of the rookies, some rookies that you think will make a, a major impact to start the 2020 season on their respective teams.
1: Yeah. So the first one I got, it's a little bit of a homer pick. It's Xavier McKinney. And this isn't, like, my giant – I was going to say, this (laughs) isn't my Giants fan This showing. Um, I just think, like, the last time we took a safety from Alabama that fell was Landon Collins, and he had one really good year with us before we let him walk, and that year he was at a fringe defensive player of the year candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the second part is we have two safeties right now that are very versatile with Julian Love and Jarrell Peppers, who are both more suited to play, like, the money back or slot nickel-type safety role and strong safety role more than the free safety but they can both do it. And then you bring Xavier McKinney, who is just as good, if not better, than both of them at doing the same thing as them. So my thinking behind that pick is, like, we have a defensive coordinator with Tyson New England who loves the disguise packaging, the multiple looks, and you just gave him a third, like, multi-front-looking, versatile safety. So, like, I think they're going to throw three safety sets a lot, and nobody's going to know what they're doing because you could have them all lined up at the same spot, and you're like, which one's going high, which one's blitzing, which one's covering the slot, they just have no idea. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I actually don't disagree with any of that. Um, I'm a Dolphins fan, like I said before. I wanted the Dolphins to draft him, and at, uh, <laughs> at pick number thirty when he was available. So yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. My guy, and this frustrates me. I'm just gonna say this, and I was wrong on him. I will, I will say that Henry Ruggs the third out of Alabama went to the Las Vegas Raiders now, and I will be honest, I didn't like the pick. I think I texted you that when I picked him. I didn't like the pick. Yeah, I thought Jerry Judy – either Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb was the number one prospect at receiver. They should have went first. Mm-hmm. I, I was leaning towards Jerry Judy was probably the best pick out of all of them. But the more that I think about Henry Ruggs and the fit with the Las Vegas Raiders, the more I like it. And I know yeah. some of the draft analysts – I don't know if you've heard them talk about it, but something they've said is – Um, oh, he's going to take the top off the defense. Specifically, I've heard that phrase with him so often, and I just don't think it's true. I don't think that's what kind of player he was at Alabama. You could say it was because they were so deep at receiver and he just played his role. But I read a stat, and I have it right here. What was it? Um, He had just four catches last season um, at Bama that were more than 20 yards down the field. And – He's not a deep threat. I mean, he's super fast, four two forty, can certainly take the top off the defense if he was given the opportunity. But I think pairing him with Derek Carr, who we both know he hates throwing the deep ball,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he, I mean, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL statistically throwing the deep ball. I think they're going to be creative with him, and I'm very excited to see this. It'll be interesting because John is the coach, but <laughs> I wish hard knocks for the, the Raiders could be this season, not last season. Yeah, I, mean, I know the Antonio Brown drama was was unbelievable, um, but I'm really interested to see how they use him. If they use him correctly and use him to get him the ball, you know, quickly and let him get in space and create, I think he can have a major impact. If they just try and throw him on the outside and let him try and burn defenses, I don't know if that's a strong suit. I could be wrong. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I want to say it was Jim Nagy and Matt Miller that were all over him going into the draft process saying that, like, he's not like your typical Darius Hayward Bay type of receiver, like the Raiders usually fall in love with. That are just straight line fast. They just run deep and they try to get open. He's a like complete wide receiver who just happens to run in the four twos. Yeah. They're saying he's like Tyreek Hill if Tyreek Hill didn't have all the off the field issues. (laughs) So I I completely agree with what you're saying. Like I think I think he can win like that. He definitely get the separation. He can definitely beat people deep. But I don't think that's what he's best at. I think he's best just getting the ball in his hands, however, you get the ball in his hands and letting him score.
0: And even you just mentioned Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, obviously, he's, he can take the top of the defense. I mean, he gets open downfield. I mean, he's the fastest player in the NFL, but he also has a quarterback who is more than able to get him the ball with the mm-hmm. strongest arm in the NFL. I don't really trust Derek Carr to deliver him the ball as accurately as Patrick Mahomes can yeah. be. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think if they use him correctly, he'll have a major impact. If not, uh, I don't know. But knowing it's John Gruden, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He's super under his belt. I don't know. Who's your guy?
1: Yeah. So my next guy is like he was actually my draft crush for this whole process. My favorite player in the whole draft. Uh, Can I guess you know, who I, he is? you know I loved Isaiah Simmons. It's not him.
0: Can I guess who he is?
1: Yeah. Go for it.
0: Clyde edwards slayer No, it's not. <laughs> That's my draft crush.
1: <laughs> yeah. So my draft crush was Ashton Davis. Uh, Love the story with the kid. Was a track track and field athlete. Decided he wanted to play football when he got to Cal. Walked onto the football team. Played at a very high level in every single role. they asked him to play, whether it was nickel corner, uh, strong safety, free safety. It has, like, the true, like, sideline to sideline range that's, like, unheard of in today's NFL outside of a few players like Earl Thomas and Malik Hooker, where you can genuinely put him single high every single play yeah. and you completely trust him. So yeah. I, I, he's, I think he's going to have a huge impact because Greg Williams is notorious for wanting one safety 20 yards off the line of scrimmage just roaming the field. Like, he tried doing it with Dribble Peppers in Cleveland, and that failed. But this is the kind of guy that can do that. And not even just that, I think it also makes Jamal Adams better, which is why I really like this pick. Because I think you're taking Marcus May, making him your safety three and your strong safety, and then you're putting Jamal Adams in that, like, Derwin James role. Yeah. Where he could just roam the field, do whatever he needs to do to make that defense better. And then, like, Marcus May was good. He wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. So now you're, like, you have a starting safety as your safety three because of this move i love it yeah
0: Yeah, i like it too i i can't believe that the dolphins have to go up against jamal adams and ashton davis twice a year now um i know there was some trade talk about jamal adams coming into the draft and you know he might be a trade candidate um i have to say even though i'm a dolphins fan i'm glad he didn't get traded because this is going to be very interesting uh to watch those two play off of each other um i i agree with you i like the pick a lot um I liked him a lot. You kind of put me on him a little bit. I wasn't super familiar with him. And then we got closer to the draft, um, he wasn't like a first or second round grade, maybe late second round grade.
1: Yeah. They were all giving him hype going into the senior bowl Yeah, because like at Cal, he was so versatile that like he had glimpses of what his potential could have been, but he wasn't used in that role because that's just how the Cal secondary worked. And I'm excited to see how that plays out in Miami. Now that you guys have their defensive backs coach on your yeah. staff. But, like, going into the Senior Bowl, everybody was like, this guy has sideline to sideline speed. He has elite traits. He's going to be good. He's only been playing the position for three years. That's like, scary. he's just going to get better. Yeah. Then, like, he was, like, a fringe second, third-round player, and then he got hurt going into the Senior Bowl.
0: Yeah. And so, so it caused his stock, obviously, to fall a little bit. Yeah. Not too far. Uh, when the Dolphins were on the clock in the second round, and, and I saw him, you know, still available, I definitely wanted us to, <laughs> to, to bite the bullet. Um, you know, I think he's gonna be great. Pair him with Jamal Adams. I agree with everything you said. Now it's time for my draft crush. My draft crush is none other than Clyde Edwards' lair I talked about it a few minutes mm-hmm. ago. Um, I I mean the whole NFL is screwed. Let's just be honest. Like, uh, I think it is worth noting before I get into Clyde Edwards of Uh drafted by the Chiefs, 32nd pick in the first round, last pick um, of the first round. A lot of people, I know the fantasy community and, you know, the the draft community freaked out. They were like, please don't let Clyde Edwards-Hilaire land to the Chiefs. He ends up landing to the Chiefs, which is awful for the rest of the NFL. Um, But it is worth noting that Brett Veach came out, um, I think it was two days ago, and he said Damian Williams will be the the starter um, to start the season. So it's not going to be like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be this, you know, workhorse running back who just takes over the offense and is a weapon. I think they're going to use him a lot. I don't think you invest a first-round pick in a running back to set him on your bench, especially especially one that's as talented as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, but it's going to be interesting in that backfield. I think next year, um, just with Damian Williams, I thought he arguably arguably could have been the Super Bowl MVP personally. Yeah, I thought he kind of deserved it um, with the way he played. Uh, but it'll be interesting. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the last time Andy Reid drafted a running back that high was in two thousand and nine, with LaShawn McCoy. We all know how that worked out. I think he's going to be fireworks. It kind of explains itself. Um, He's a great pass catcher. I think he's going to be an amazing weapon, a new toy for Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to have a major impact, unfortunately, for the Chiefs and to the demise of the rest of the NFL. So I love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. It's my my draft crush.
1: Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say with that. Uh, I think it's just going to be like instant points once he gets more touches. Yeah, for real. Like that offensive was already good. They took, discarded Damian Williams and made him look like a beast. So, like, I'm just excited to see what happens there. It's
0: really funny, though, uh, before you go next. It's really funny because we've been on this podcast, I think, for what? I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes. And I can't tell you how many things we've talked about that is like a bad reflection on the Dolphins. (laughs) Like I mean, just the the leadership of the team has been so bad that like almost every like player that we've talked about successful was on the Dolphins roster at one point, including Damian Williams, and we just completely let him go, and he becomes a star on someone else's team. This really hurts my heart. Like I'm actually feeling like, kind of sad right now.
1: <laughs> I think and I liked him too Williams. when he
0: was on the Dolphins.
1: I think Damian Williams thinks more Andy Reid than it is the Dolphins. So
0: well, still, That'd I mean, that just shows. Burden. I don't know. Why can't we get good coaches? <laughs> I think yeah, we got one yeah. now, but in the the past, that's a fair point. Who you got yeah. next?
1: So, my next guy is J.K. Dobbins. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know you don't necessarily agree with me on this one. I just think, like, you take the number one rushing offense with the NFL MVP at quarterback, who's also an elite threat with his legs, and then you add in one of the top running backs to that running game. And I think it's just like San Francisco all over again last year, how they took Nick Bosa. and took something that was already great and made it elite by adding him to that defensive line. So, I think it's making – Yeah, so, like, it's just, like, doubling down on the strength and making it elite. So I love it because of that. I don't know if he'll necessarily start right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this like shows Justin Hill or Justice Hill is it, like the odd man out, maybe like third down pass catching guy. Mm-hmm. And J.K. Dobbins is like the future when Mark Ingram steps back or starts to decline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love J.K. Dobbins. Um, I wanted the Dolphins to get him. At, I think we had the 56th pick in the second round, and mm-hmm. he fell to us until the 55th pick and the Ravens picked him. And I like threw my yep. phone at the TV. Um, I wanted us to get him. I do agree with you. Um from a fantasy perspective, I don't think he'll make much of an impact. Um, I do think he'll make an impact from uh, just the fact that, like you said, he's another weapon, he's another person to watch for, and it's going to make defenses – it's going to drive him crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. The only thing I don't like, and I'll talk about it from a fantasy perspective real quick, is just that, like you said, he plays on the, the team with – the the most rushing attempts last season. I think Lamar Jackson, I mean, you have a quarterback who's going to steal a lot of that goal line work. Mm -hmm. Mark Ingram, definitely a goal line back. Jess Edwards, I mean, I don't know if he's going to make the team. He could be a cut candidate, uh, but he's someone that, you know, Harbaugh has loved to use in the past. Um, I think from a fantasy perspective, I'm not getting excited, although I love him. I think he's extremely talented. Uh, But, yeah, I see what you're saying as far as just having him on the field. He's another threat, and he's something else for defenses to pay attention to.
1: Yeah. So, yes. So next guy I got for you uh, is K.J. Hamler, which I know what you're thinking, like, the second receiver the Broncos took is the rookie you think like should him. be a major impact. And, yeah, I think it's that's a bull. There were so many rumors throughout the offseason linking them to Henry Ruggs, saying they wanted to trade up ahead of the teams to get Henry Ruggs, and they wanted that speed threat. And I just think, like, the year before uh, last year's draft, before Drew Locke came out, everybody was hyping him up, hyping up how good of his arm, his arm strength was, mm. was saying he's, like, that next top QB prospect. And what do they have in Denver for him to throw to? Just Courtney Sutland and just a tight end that's, like, what, 20, 21 years old and developing yeah, still? Mm-hmm. So they, like, they get uh, Sutton developing. Drew Locke looked good last year. Added to the running game with Melvin Gordon. Like, they're just loading up for him. And then they gave him that speed threat to take the top off the defense. And, like, I, I like K.J. Hamler, too, on top of that because, what was it? Uh, I want to say he did, like, 25 reps on the bench press, too. As a five foot eleven wide receiver,
0: yeah, he's amazing. And I'm a Michigan fan for college football, so um, I've watched him catch two touchdowns on us uh, last season. Um, he's amazing. Um, great pick. I love what Denver's doing for Drew Lock. Uh, it makes Aaron Rodgers very jealous, I'm sure. Oh yeah, uh, surround him with a bunch of talent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree with you on that pick. Um, I think it's going to be telling to see how Drew Locke performs this year. Um, you know. They're sending a message to him saying, hey, there's Mm -hmm. no excuse. It's your time to shine, buddy. We're we're giving you the pieces. And so I I think if Drew Locke struggles, it's on him.
1: Yeah, I agree. agree. Mm
0: -hmm. Who's your next guy?
1: AJ Epineza. And the thing that's so funny about that pick is there were so many mock drafts linking him to the Bills in the first round before they traded for Stephon Diggs, and they get him in the second. Like, that's just a steal. It is. But, yeah. I think he's like a Trey Flowers, Caleas Campbell type of mold where he doesn't like fit in your traditional 3-4 end or your 4-3 end. He's just kind of like – he's both at the same time. Yeah. And if there's anybody that's going to figure out how to use him, it's going to be Sean McDermott. And pairing him with Ed Oliver is just going to be insane. I can't wait to see that.
0: Once again, I just want to say this is another team that the Dolphins have to face <laughs> twice next season that have uh, gotten a lot better. Yeah, I agree with you on that one too. Um, I think he's good. I wanted the Patriots to originally snag him um, at twenty-three before the draft started. I thought he would be a really good fit in their system. Um, yeah, like you said, him and Ed Oliver, and then you—you know—them rushing the QB while you have Trey Tredavious White. I think I said that right, Trey yeah. White. Uh, locking up your opposing—you know—team's number one wideout. It's gonna be great. Uh, we have to play him twice a year, so uh, another team that you know. <laughs> not Got really looking forward. This whole podcast has just been crapping on the Dolphins, like
1: unintentionally too. Unintentionally.
0: Everything we've said. So I do awesome. like what
1: the Dolphins did, though, to be fair. And we'll get to that I, in a second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do love it. I love our coach. I love our uh, what we're building here in, in uh, South Florida. So let's move to something else really quick. Yeah. Instead of talking about individual players, let's talk about individual teams. And uh, let's go through some 2020 sleeper playoff teams, teams that we think are, you know, they're not really, you know, prepared to make the Super Bowl they're not really set up or at least it seems like it Um, but Mm -hmm. you and I think we could you know they could sneak into the playoffs let's first start with the NFC who's your first team that could sneak into the playoffs
1: yeah I have these in order of like likelihood I think they'll make the playoffs too Mm -hmm. just as a preface so I got the Arizona Cardinals Mm -hmm. year two of Kyler and Cliff together they added DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick which is insane to begin with and then getting Josh Jones who is essentially a consensus top 25 pick as they're starting right tackle now with pick 72, I want to say it was. Steal. It's just absolute steal.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, first off, Cliff had a year to figure out what the NFL was going to stop and not stop with his offense. Yeah. And I guarantee you he barely touched what he used to Texas Tech. So I'm excited to see what they do.
0: That's interesting. I don't know the exact number, but I remember hearing coming into last season that he was wanting to run, what was it, like 70 to 80 plays a game? hmm Or something like that. And something like, like it was Something absurd. Yeah, and I think they only ran like sixty-one. They didn't really come close to that. Uh, but like what you said, you know, he hasn't even really tapped into you know his plays yeah. and, and his whole entire game plan. So we'll see if that happens. Um, I'm excited for the receiving core with it's gonna be good. Larry Fitzgerald coming back, Christian Kirk. You got uh, D Hop. Obviously, they got a trade. Um, I think they're going to be really, really good. And it's, it's almost almost like the same thing. Um, with Kyler Murray, that you could with Drew Locke is they've surrounded him with a bunch of weapons. Mm-hmm. I think Kane and Drake takes that next step. He was a league winner in fantasy for you know many people a last lot of year. People. Once again, other player the Dolphins let go. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, every player is like crap on the Dolphins in this this podcast.
1: Just a coincidence.
0: It's just because we were awful for so many years. We're yeah. still feeling the effects of our awfulness for like the past ten years. But no, I, I agree with you. I can see them slide into the playoffs. My pick. I would not be surprised to see the Chicago Bears. Sneaking to the playoffs in the NFC. My dad would be proud. My dad's a huge Chicago Bears fan. Um, in 2018, they were dominant. I mean, their defense was amazing. The number one defense in the league. Um, I just think the thing that killed them last year was obviously play calling, and it was QB play. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of go hand in hand. If you look in 2018, Mitch Trubisky had a pretty good year, you know, under or, uh, Matt Nagy is the first-year coach, where I thought Nagy caught a lot of QB design runs. I thought he put Mitch Trubisky in a really good position to succeed and then for some reason I think that kind of just went out the window in 2019. I think he was you know he wasn't really playing the Trubisky's strengths a lot and it's not all on Nagy. I think Trubisky played awful last year. He was off could not make a throw to save his life. Completely inaccurate. Um, I think they go hand in hand. But I think that was their two biggest things, though. I mean, their defense was still pretty good. They did lose a a couple key pieces. They lost Leonard Floyd um, this season. But they gained to Sean Gibson, and they got Robert Quinn and Jalen Johnson in the draft. I think that just Mm -hmm. adds way more firepower to that defense. If the offense can improve, whether it's Trubisky or Foles, and if they could freaking give David Montgomery touches, I think they'll sleep in the playoffs.
1: David Montgomery.
0: I can't stand it. He was so good. I mean, he does dance a little bit too much and sort of hit the hole, but he's so freaking good, and they never gave him the ball last year at all.
1: Yeah, he literally – I was in one of my fantasy leagues that was, like, with some of the guys I work with, and I had that weird draft spot where it's, like, you get two receivers or, like, a good receiver and, like, an okay running back. Yeah. So I doubled down on Devontae Adams and Juju, who both had terrible years for different reasons, and then got David Montgomery and – I can't remember who the other running back I has, but it was another one of those guys that disappointed last year. Yeah. And I was just so mad at David Montgomery all year long.
0: And it was – it's just so annoying. I mean, he played pretty good when he got the opportunity. He just – they didn't dial up a lot of plays for him. Yeah. And I think if they can improve that, if the play calling could be better from Nagy's part. um, I don't know who's going to start at QB this year. I know there's going to be a battle, and the Bears did decline Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option yesterday. So, I don't know who's going to start. I feel like since – Pace's job is kind of on the line. I feel like Trubisky has the upside or the, mm-hmm. you know, the is kind of going to be given the keys, you know, first. But I think if full starts, I think I would honestly upgrade every player on their offense. Fantasy wise, Alan Robinson, Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller came on like really good at the end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a lot of weapons. They're not a boring team at all. They just need to be put in the right uh, situation to succeed. But if they can do that, they're definitely sneaking in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. As much as I want to disagree with that pick, I can't because of what you said. They have so many weapons on offense and defense. It's just quarterback. If mm-hmm. Nick Foles plays well or Trubisky goes back to 2018 form, I could see them making the playoffs. Who you got next? I got the Falcons, which might be a little bit of a cheat since like they kind of are like a fringe playoff team and like are always not making the playoffs because of injuries. But I get to see with what they added, the investment in the O-line in the last year and a half, like – I get to see them making a run if they stay healthy. Dan Quinn's a good coach who's just had a bad situation is my opinion.
0: Yeah. That's why I think he's not fired yet. I mean, I know there's been reports like last season he was on the hot seat, but yeah. I mean, what is does Keanu Neal gets hurt every single year at like week three and he's out for the rest of the season and their defense is always bad. I like Matt Ryan fantasy wise because their defense is always so bad, like because all the injuries and he just has yeah. to throw ball a ton. Um, uh, I agree with you on that one. I think I would not be surprised if they sneak into the playoffs. Um I don't know. I think, I do think this is Dan Quinn's kind of make it or break it year, though. I think if he doesn't make the playoffs this year or if they have a bad season, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move on. Yeah. uh, Someone else.
1: Yeah. And like, I know a lot of people were a little disappointed with their draft because they were hyped up to trade up to the top 10 for CJ Henderson or Jeffrey Akuda if he fell. But like, I like Adrian Terrell. AJ Terrell is good. He's not a bad corner. It just he wasn't projected to go there. So everybody's hating on the pick. But they got to do something to replace Desmond Trufant.
0: Yeah. And we can hit on anything all we want. I mean, it's funny. I was thinking about how I was reading all these draft picks and I was doing my own grades, kind of going through the teams. And I'm like judging these players. I'm like, they haven't even played yet. Like, I could be completely wasting my time right now saying this person's going to be a bust or this player's going to be good. So,
1: yeah. So, my next team is 100% a Homer pick, but also I have some like strong arguments behind it that I think you agree with to an extent, too. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Giants, obviously. Um, this is like – it's like three – it's like a 3 answer. First off, I think we were plagued with terrible coaching for the last four years, going back to Ben McAdoo. Um, so, like, I think getting rid of Shermer, getting rid of uh, Hal Hunter, who – I don't even know how that guy was back in the NFL with how bad of a job he did. And, like, adding Joe Judge, Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator, who he was an elite offensive coordinator when he was with Dallas, only calling offensive plays.
0: Yeah. Adding
1: Patrick Graham. And I think – I don't know if I said Mark Colombo already, but adding Mark Colombo to coach that Mm O-line, I think O-line's instantly better, regardless of our draft. It's instantly better just because we have better coaching. Defense will be better because we'll know how to use them better and disguise a little bit more than we did. Whereas with um, Etcher, when he tried to disguise, it was just like, oh, this is clearly what they're doing. And then same thing with the offense. Pat Shermer was the most vanilla play caller I have Mm -hmm. ever seen when he was with the Giants. So I'm excited. I think we got another year developing D.J., Mm-hmm. Got healthy Saquon, Darius Layden, We're getting a stronger chemistry with DJ. And then even just like adding a future left tackle who everybody was saying, like, he might not have as high a ceiling as like Makai Becton or Jedrick Wills, but he's got the highest floor. You yeah. got a day one you got a day one starter for 10 years on the right side or left side. Yeah. He just might not be elite.
0: Well, those guys like do you know Makai Becton, you know, those guys they have a lot of work. They're raw. And they're mm-hmm. like you said, they have, you know. A lot of upside. I love the pick with Andrew Thomas. I think he's, like you said, going to come right in. He's going to be a 10-year starter and a very good one at that. Yeah. Um, I love the Giants this year because I really love Daniel Jones. I know I made fun of the pick last year when they drafted him. I think I texted you and was, like, making fun of you um, when they picked him. I like Daniel Jones. I love the chemistry he had last year with Darius Slayton. Mm -hmm. If Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, I mean, there's no reason why they can't be a playoff team in my opinion.
1: And glad you brought up Barkley again because I forgot to mention this point. My favorite hire of the entire assistant coaching staff outside of Mark Colombo was bringing in Burton Burns from Alabama. That dude has been the running back coach in Alabama for the last fifteen years or something like He's that.
0: All kinds of talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. I think the Giants are going to be good. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move over to the AFC. You mm-hmm. go first. Who's your team? AFC sleeper team?
1: I got the Chargers. I think Philippa Rivers has been holding them back for a couple of years. Like, might be a hot take. You might agree with it. I don't know. I don't think they were the sixth worst team in the NFL NFL last year. Mm -hmm. I think they just had bad luck, and Philip Rivers played bad. I think their roster outside of quarterback was built to succeed. So if it's Tyroy Taylor or if it's Justin Herbert, I think they could be a playoff team. Tons of weapons, way more defensive talent than they get credit for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely built to win now. Um, I know coming into the last two seasons, I think it was, um, a lot of experts and like – People that talk football and talk NFL had them as a dark horse Super Bowl team, just with all the talent they have, and every year they completely let everybody down. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is kind of on a funny note. I don't know about you. watch a lot of football. There's not one quarterback that I've ever watched where, like, when the game is on the line, you know, last-minute drive, two-minute drive, go take the lead or tie the game. You just can sense when Philip Rivers is going to throw an interception. Yep. It's just the weirdest thing. Like I just, every time it's like, I just feel it. He's going to throw the ball up, just chug it downfield. Yeah. I mean, say what you want about Phillip rivers. We'll see how he plays in Indianapolis yeah. this year, but
1: he's the best like the quarterback Chargers. in the first two months of the season. Yeah. And then he's the worst quarterback in the last two months of the season.
0: It's yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he just, he just takes shots down the field and they always end up being picked. I mean, you kind of have to blame him though. I mean, he's had the mm-hmm. most amazing talent. You draft Mike Williams a couple years ago. You have Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. He's had uh um, I'm blanking right now. The tight end um
1: Hunter Henry. Antonio uh, Gates. Uh what's that? Antonio Gates.
0: Yes, Antonio Gates. Has had Antonio Gates. He's always had weapons. They've always surrounded him with weapons. Um he just is inconsistent. So yeah. I agree with that. Um I did kind of go through the season. I know Eckler's their number one running back and he played really good for them last season filling in for um, Melvin Gordon, who left to go to Denver. I wouldn't be surprised to see them sign someone like Devonte Freeman, Just somebody who's an old veteran who is you know a little bit bigger, a little bit sturdier can take those hits more than Eckler. I think Eckler is really good in his role as a pass catcher. Um, they did draft running back. they drafted Joshua Kelly from UCLA. To me, that's like Justin Jackson. They don't trust him to be the guy yeah. down back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they brought somebody in like that, but, uh, but yeah, they do have the weapons both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. It will be interesting, though, because the last time Tyrod Taylor was a starter, he was benched in week three with the Browns when Baker Mayfield came in. I don't think the Chargers are as bad as the Browns were, though. I don't think they're going to be losing. If he could get in there, play solid, and they start the season pretty good, they might just roll with Tyrod Taylor and let Justin Herbert develop.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't hate that either. Yeah. On the flip side,
0: my pick for the AFC, they're going to slide into the the playoffs. We kind of mentioned him a second ago, but the Indianapolis Colts, I think you add Phillip Rivers. Um I think under uh you know that offense, that offensive line, he set up to succeed. They yeah. have T. Y. Hilton getting a little bit older, but then they went out and they drafted Michael Pittman Junior, who I love. Love that pick. Yeah. He's amazing. Um he kind of reminds me of like a Vincent Jackson, someone that Philip Rivers had um, you know, in his in his early days or you know, the last couple of years in, in um as at the Chargers. I almost I want to say San Diego every time I talk about him. San Diego Chargers, but they're the, what, the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Yeah. But you can say San Diego Chargers for that b was, yeah, the was in the San Diego days.
0: He was in the San Diego days. I just love what they're doing. Um, I love their defense. I know they have a really tough front seven. There's been mm-hmm. reports about trading Malik Hooker. I don't understand that at all. I don't know <laughs> what kind of where that came from. Um, maybe you feel differently about that. Uh, but as far as their offense goes, drafting Jonathan Taylor, that's amazing. I mean, I talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire earlier, and he's going to be a dynamo because the team he got drafted on. I don't know what this says about Marlon Mack, but Jonathan Taylor, if he is the starter there, that dude is set up fantasy for fantasy stardom, for just real-life stardom. I mean, to get the opportunity to run behind that offensive line, he's going to be putting up some points. I don't know. They have a lot of weapons. Um, what do you think about their defense? I'm interested to hear your um, thoughts on their secondary.
1: Yeah, I think adding Divorce Buckner to that uh, defensive line makes the secondary better mm-hmm. because it gives the quarterback less time to process. And like we were talking about before with Ashton Davis, there's very few free safeties in the NFL that have that elite sideline to sideline, single high range, and Lee Cooker is one. I do do think there might be some truth behind the trade rumors, as stupid as it may be, Mm -hmm. because they have not picked up his option yet. They haven't declined it, Mm -hmm. but they haven't picked it up yet. Why would you not pick up a fifth-year option on a player with that kind of range?
0: It makes no sense.
1: Yeah. So, like, I wonder if there's truth behind it, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, if that's the case, why wouldn't they have tried to get Ashton Davis with one of their picks?
0: Yeah, or, or yeah, or move yeah, move up to grab somebody of that caliber to replace I don't yeah, I don't get it. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think they they are, are built to win now. I don't think their division is the best division, so to say. Um, I think Deshaun Watson and the Houston um, Texans, I think they got a little bit worse. I still think they're competitive. I just think they got a little bit worse this season. And the Titans say what you want, but I think Indianapolis Colts, I think they're, you know, they're set up to succeed in that division. Could be a sleeper team making the playoffs. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And I do think, while I'm thinking about it, I would not be surprised if, um, Jadevin Clowney signs with this team. Would not be surprised. I get to that. I don't have a lot of facts behind it. I just would be surprised. I just feel like he's going to go somewhere in the AFC. Um, with all the offensive firepower that the AFC has, I think teams are going to want to be able to stop them. And I just – it's either going to be the Titans or it's going to be the Colts. We'll see. But having DeForest Buckner and Jaden Clowney on the line, that will be a pretty good one-two punch.
1: Yeah. And, again, like I said with John Robinson and, like, with how he doesn't really spend money, kind of like all the New England guy does. I know Chris Ballard isn't from that same tree, but he's had that same mindset. Mm-hmm. They've been top five for cap for the last, like, four seasons. And they haven't spent it.
0: Yeah. 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 So my pick's the Colts. You're up next. Who you got?
1: I got the Broncos. We talked about it a lot. They've added so much weapons. Their defense has been like championship level for like seven years now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an easy pick. I think the only thing they did it do to get better was add O line, mm-hmm. mostly tackles, I'm referring to. But I think if they make a run at Jason Peters, who's also still sitting in free agency, it easily could see them making a Super Bowl run, let alone sneaky in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we hit on that a little bit earlier. Drew Locke has set up. um, You know, they've just surrounded him with all kinds of weapons. Uh, Report came out, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, they declined the option on – the fifth-year option on Garrett Bowles. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously that's not kind of how they envisioned that turning out, but I would not be shocked to see them. Um, And then I see next – you have – who's your next team there?
1: Yeah, so the the Dolphins.
0: There we go. The first positive (laughs) thing about the Dolphins tonight –
1: Yeah, so like I was saying, uh, a lot of the same reasons with the Giants. Believe in the head coach. Believe in the assistant coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Um, Really love what they did in free agency, more so than the draft. But in their draft, I still think they added like seven to nine starters, Mm -hmm. which is good considering like people probably thinking like, how how can you add seven to nine starters in draft? Well, you do that when you have 14 picks and six of them are the top like 100.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love their draft. It took me about – I want to say like what – a little bit more than 24 hours to kind of like understand what we actually got, especially our number 30 pick. with Noah Aguadabani. I think I said that right. we yeah. um, the quarterback from Auburn. It's mm-hmm. crazy. I was not expecting us to go there. Um, I thought we reached a little bit for him, but then I started doing a little bit of a uh, little studying on him, watching some film dudes. Amazing. He's going to yeah. allow a lot of flexibility for us in coverage, mm-hmm. um, especially adding Byron Jones and having Xavier and Howard on the other end. So I'm super excited. Um, I think the division, you know, with the patriots losing tom brady i yeah. think it's gonna be you know it's not gonna be so dominated by one team anymore i think it's up in the air wouldn't be surprised i do think we're only we're about a year away though um i think mm-hmm. if we make the playoffs it'll be with Tua. i don't yeah. really trust fitzpatrick to come in there and gunslinging the ball around although mm-hmm. he does have some nice weapons and Devonte parker i want to get a Devonte parker jersey do it. i love Devonte parker i was so upset because i just feel like he wasn't used right with adam gaze which no you players can say that about a lot of players. Besides Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I but, just
1: – Was he really or is that just Peyton I Manning?
0: Know. I don't know. Adam Gase is the worst. He's on crack his <laughs> <He's> press conferences. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I love Devontae Parker. I love the pick a couple years ago. Just yeah. didn't pan out. I remember listening to analysts talk about him all the time saying, oh, you know, they're done. I'm done with him. I'm getting off the Devontae Parker train. He has all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. But he got hurt every year. And in comes our head coach, our new head coach – and Brian Flores, and what does he do? A lot of people thought he was going to kind of cut bait with him and send him away. He uses him, utilizes him correctly, and Devontae Parker has an amazing year with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. um, Yeah, I'm all in on that.
1: Yeah. Let's go. Probably probably should have mentioned this on the Giants pick too, but I think this applies for both of them. Adding that extra playoff spot with the new CBA is the main reason why I think your team and my team should be in consideration. Like, I think everything we said yeah. about both of them is true, but I think having the extra playoff spot is going to have some teams where you're like, whoa, or that are going to sneak in.
0: Yeah. So for the sake of time, let's move forward. Um, let's go all the way down to, let's talk a little bit about fantasy. You want to yeah. talk about fantasy? Yeah. Let's look ahead to the 2020 season uh, from a fantasy perspective and talk about uh, some rookies that we think will have an, uh, an instant fantasy impact. I know we talked a little bit about it, uh, a couple of them earlier. Um, mm-hmm. What are some like underrated fantasy options for you coming into 2020?
1: Yeah, this one's gonna be a shocker and a little bit under the radar. Devin Duvernay from Texas going to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, four three nine speed, shifty slot receiver had literally the most reliable hands in college football last year. I think he had like a hundred and nine catches on one hundred and fifteen targets or something like that. Like insane product productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a track record of players from Texas not being used right necessarily or not being fully developed so I think going to that offense he's gonna do a lot and I think having the targets ahead of him that he has ahead of him with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown I think he's gonna be left open a lot
0: mm-hmm. yeah so actually I kind of disagree with that one um, he's not really on my fantasy radar personally I, I like the talent a lot I just don't like the landing spot I think Lamar Jackson I expect him to regress a little bit in the passing game uh, this season he threw a touchdown on nine percent of his passes last mm-hmm. season uh, that's 11th all time certainly he can't keep up that pace and to think about it patrick mahomes in his mvp campaign 2018 threw a touchdown 8.6 percent of the time so yeah. Lamar jackson beat him on that which is crazy to think about because people said he couldn't pass um i think he's gonna regress a little bit and i think he's going to um kind of use his legs a little bit more this year as teams kind of scheme up around him um but you can't forget, forget miles boykin he was pretty good last year he was a solid yeah. first year player Mark Andrews, um, you have John, or uh, John Brown, excuse me. He was there, what was he there, last year or two years ago? Yeah. Uh, You have uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. That's who you have. Mm -hmm. And then Willie Sneed. Everybody forgets about Willie Sneed, but he's like this kind of average, reliable guy. Not that I think any of those guys are going to be relevant fantasy. I just think it will kind of block the path of success for DuVernay. That's all I'm saying. But I like the talent a lot.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. If he gets used, he'll be up there. It's just like you said, whether or not he gets buried on the depth chart.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. My last person right now for uh, fantasy superstardom in 2020 is going to be the Tampa Bay Bucs running back, Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm so excited about this. I'm trying to get him, in, I'm trying to get a ton of shares, uh, not necessarily in dynasty, but just in redraft leagues. Yeah. I don't think Tom Brady's going to play a ton of time, you know, a ton of more years. But pairing him with Keyshawn Vaughn, a running back who can catch the ball very well out of the backfield, mm-hmm. it's scary. That offense already has so many yeah. weapons, they don't really have a pass catching running back. You know, uh, Peyton Barber went to Washington. Ronald Jones will handle the early-down work. Incepts Keyshawn Vaughn. He'll be the next Kevin Falk, James White, Shane Vereen for Tom Brady. Yeah. And I think he'll have immense fantasy value, especially if Ronald Jones were to go down with an injury. So that's my pick.
1: Yeah, I love it. I agree with everything you said. Um, I do think it'll make Ronald Jones better, too, which could even make Keyshawn Vaughn better because Ronald Jones is like that speedster running back that you give the ball and he just breaks one off. The mm-hmm. so people are going to see Keyshawn Vaughn come in and kind of like step back a little bit and be like, okay, they're not going to run the ball. So I think it's going to make them both, the both of them better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. There's a lot of fantasy. I mean, this draft was stacked with, you know, potential fantasy breakout players. So uh, it'll be crazy. Uh, before we end this podcast, let's go down to our mailbag. We're going to read some questions you guys wrote in and we'll talk about them and yeah. uh, we'll see what uh, see what we think. So first one, over under rookie quarterback stat projections. First run, Joe Burrow. Over under thirty eight hundred passing yards, twenty two point five passing TDs. You go.
1: Yeah, I got I'm gonna hit the over on this one, mostly because of the touchdowns. I think they have too much receiving talent and even Joe Mixon throwing him in there. Mm-hmm. I think he'll easily hit twenty five touchdowns if he plays if he starts all sixteen games. Barring injury, barring AJ Green missing the entire season again. I think he he easily hit the over on the touchdowns. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Like you said, agree completely. Too much talent for him not to pass for more than 22 touchdowns. So, yeah, totally. Next up, Tua Tagovailoa, Miami Dolphins quarterback. Just like to state that. Over or under, 3,200 passing yards and 19 touchdowns. Over or under. I'm
1: going to hit the under just because the way the team has gone the last year Mm -hmm. or so, and even the way they approached the offseason, I think they're going to give him time to get ready. So, I don't know if he starts enough games to do that. Yeah. I think if he starts all 16 games, he can easily achieve that. I just don't know if he plays enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Brian Flores, I mean, he comes from the Belichick coaching tree, in where you know they're just going to take their sweet time. They don't really care. They don't really, mm-hmm. they just do opposite of whatever other team would do. So I don't think they're going to rush him. Exactly. Patrick is more than able. So yeah, I'm going to take the under on that one as well. Let's talk about Justin Herbert. Over under, 3,400 passing yards, 21 passing touchdowns. Over under.
1: I'm going to hit that <laughs> over on that one. I think he'll beat Tyrod Taylor out. I think with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, like there's just too much talent there. Mm-hmm. He might he might get sacked a record amount of times this season because their O-line is not very good. But, like, the dude's a beast. Or the yeah. talent around him is going to make the dude a beast.
0: Yeah. I'm going under with that one. I don't think he plays enough. Kind of same with Tua. not saying that he doesn't play mm-hmm. next year. I just don't think that he's going to play enough to get that. I'm not really high on Justin Herbert. Um, I really wasn't in the draft. I had him out of my first round in my mock drafts. Um, I kind of got crucified for that. That's what what I think. I saw a tape on him, and it scared me. I think he's Mitch Trubisky 2.0 and could be totally wrong. I know. I know you're judging me so hard right now. I am. I could be totally wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I just don't think – I mean, he's more than capable of putting up that stat line in a full season if he plays. I just don't think he'll play um, in 2020 enough to achieve that. Yeah. Next up. And I really wish I could get Aaron Rodgers' opinion on this one. Jordan Love, over, under, number of starts, three.
1: I'm going to go with the under. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out full on, gunslinger, Brett Favre, reminiscent type thing, and just put up monster numbers this year because he's going to be motivated that Jordan Love is there.
0: (laughs) I hope so. This is a hot take, and I've only told one person this, and I was judged very bad for it. I don't think Brett Favre plays for the Packers this year.
1: Aaron Rodgers?
0: (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Brett Favre. I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers this year.
1: I can see that, but I feel like we would have heard more by now if that was the case. It's been a week and a half since the draft.
0: We haven't heard anything, and that's even more scarier.
1: A report came out today saying that he reached out to Jordan Love privately.
0: He should do that, but – just the way this whole thing went down, with him literally going on Pat McAfee's podcast an hour before the draft saying, hey, I hope we get some receivers, and then for them to literally say we're not going to do that in the deepest receiver class of, like, the last, like, five to ten years. They don't draft a receiver. They draft his replacement. I think that was, like, the biggest slap in the face. I think he's petty, personally. Um, I think he's offended by it. And whether he reached out the door to Jordan Love or not, he should. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a grown man. But I, I just think that the uh, report came out. Don't say three days ago, where um, they said uh, Lafleur kind of made that selection as a sign of dominance, saying he's mm-hmm. done with Rogers and like his attitude and, and kind of that thing. So, I don't think this is you know I don't think you fight fire with fire, and I, I expect him to play for another team in 2020. Please God, don't let it be the Patriots. That's all I gotta say.
1: I I would love it if it's Patriots, just so they can't get Trevor Lawrence. No, I, I'd rather have them have Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years than get Trevor Lawrence.
0: No, they're in the same division as the Dolphins. Everything just sucks on the Dolphins. <laughs> I don't want Aaron Rodgers in the same division as us at all. But would you rather have Aaron Rodgers
1: me. for four years or Trevor Lawrence for twenty?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'll take Aaron. I'll, t- I'll take it <laughs> over on Aaron Rodgers right there.
1: Yeah. Moving on. So next, while Thursday, we're talking yeah. about love, while we're talking about love, let's jump ahead because okay. one of our other questions was about the pick of Jordan Love. What okay. are your thoughts on that?
0: I like Jordan Love. I think he has a lot of talent mm-hmm. um, as a player. Um. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Yeah. I think he's raw. Um, if he's in the right system, which I think he is, I think he could be very successful. I do think they could have waited um, to get him. I don't think they needed to trade up with the Dolphins to get him. He would have been available probably in the second round um, with their pick. But, you know, that's what they chose to do. He's not. It's not the worst pick at all. I just think the timing was, was not, you know, of good value.
1: Yeah. I loved it personally. It's very reminiscent to Favre like we talked about. Brett Favre is looking really good maybe on a slight decline kind of like Aaron Rodgers is right now mm-hmm. um, but still performing well and then you have this quarterback who many thought would be a top 15 pick has all the arm talent in the world just needs some time fall all the way down to the bottom of the first round again just like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. did all the years ago so I think like Green Bay has just shown their proactive organization and they're not going to wait until Rodgers hangs it up to get their next quarterback just like they did with Favre
0: mm-hmm. yeah I agree I love the pick I, I don't know uh, I just the timing of it did not make any sense to me. And I don't, I don't know why you want to just, you know, tick off your, your franchise quarterback for so many years. You really haven't invested a top pick for a receiver in pretty much his entire career. I think he had one receiver that he played with that was drafted in the first round. Um, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't take care of him. I think about Patrick Mahomes, when mm-hmm. Brett Veach texted him it was like, who you want. You know, with pick number 32, and he you know, he said Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and they took him. Not that his decision was the end-all be-all, and they were going to listen yeah. to him, but the fact that they included him in that, and, I mean, he's their offense. He's their, he's their MVP, so let's see what he thinks. And I just don't sense that same kind of respect coming from the Packers, and I think Aaron Rodgers knows. I would be surprised if he plays. I like Jordan Love, and uh, but we'll see what happens. Let's go down here. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. What do you think about that pick? Over, under? number of starts five
1: yeah we kind of talked about it already I think it was a good pick I don't know if it was the smartest use of assets for them at that spot but Wentz has showed he's injury prone so I think I'm gonna hit the under Mm -hmm. but I think five starts is a realistic number Mm -hmm. so like I want to hit the over at the same time
0: I'm going over I'll hit it (laughs) over I think Wentz is gonna get hurt I think Wentz is a great quarterback I just don't trust his durability Mm um he's great when he plays I think uh, a lot of teams, as you mentioned and alluded to before in the podcast, a lot of teams are taking that route where they're going to get a really good, solid quarterback and lock him up just in case something happens because we've seen it all too often. Teams are really good, the number one quarterback goes down, and they got Nathan Peterman throwing the ball behind him, and they don't really have anything cool. to put out there. No disrespect to him, though. He's an NFL player, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm in my closet recording a podcast right now. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Ethan, over yeah. under three starts.
0: Uh, oh, man. I'm going to go uh, under on that one. I don't think he's ready yet. Although I do like him, I just don't think he's ready.
1: Yeah, I like the pick and I like the slot, but I'm also going under. I think he's the quarterback of the future for them, unless for some reason they're absolutely terrible this year mm-hmm. and are in striking distance of Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence next year. Um, they're just they're big-arm quarterbacks that can throw the ball to all those speedsters they have.
0: Yeah. What did you think about the pick, though? I, I was, it was a little weird to me, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I, I don't hate the pick. I – uh I would have been okay. I don't want to say I would have been okay with it because I like the picks they got at 34 and 44, but I wouldn't have been shocked if they took him earlier. Yeah. He has a ton of arm talent. The NFL falls in love with those big, tall, white quarterbacks that can throw the ball 60 yards.
0: Yeah. Um, he's definitely got a lot of talent. Um, I'm going to go under on number of starts at three. Uh, moving on to uh, a couple, – we'll hit a couple more before we close this thing out. Well, we already talked about Andy Dalton. We already talked about Cam Newton. Um, what do you think about Jameis Winston – what are your thoughts and your expectations on him signing with New Orleans?
1: Yeah, I think it's Teddy Bridgewater all over again. Mm-hmm. He got LASIK surgery. Rumors have been going around saying that he can read stop signs now, <laughs> read license plates.
0: That's So he was saying that's the reason why he threw, like, 30-plus interceptions last he year. He
1: hasn't said it, but he's, like, making it sound like that without saying it. That's so funny. So yeah. I, like, I like the pick. I think it could be a good backup plan for Drew Brees mm-hmm. uh, if he decides to retire, which it sounds like he is planning on retiring, but mm-hmm. – We'll see what happens.
0: I like James Winston. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I just want him to, you know, <laughs> utilize the talent and not throw an reception. So I agree with you on that one. Um, I like the signing. I like it uh, more for him to just learn under Drew Brees uh, for a year. If that's all he gets out of it, and to just learn from the quarterback who has the highest completion percentage in NFL history, good for you. Yeah. Last one, and then we'll close this thing out. I want to hear a dark horse MVP candidate for 2020. Who you got?
1: I got – and this might be – it might be weird, and you might disagree with me. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Patrick Holmes again. I think he's just, like, too good. I think last year he only didn't repeat the numbers he had the year before because he was injured. I think he easily would have hit 50 touchdowns again, easily would have hit all those yardage again. And then they just gave him the best running back he's seen since they got the NFL. Like It might not really be a dark horse, but I think people are kind of sleeping on him because he regressed so much. And like, oh, he won't put up those numbers again. I think those numbers are like his average season, as weird as it sounds to say that.
0: I agree with you on that one, but he's not my selection for dark horse MVP. And I'm so glad I get to end out with this one. My dark horse MVP, I I cannot wait to see your face, is Dak Prescott. (laughs) I think Dak Prescott, if he plays. Uh, We talked at the beginning about the holdout. Potential, but I think Dak Prescott is, uh, like we said earlier, all the weapons around him, the offensive line, uh, it's all right there for him. He played really good last season. And I think if the Cowboys win games, he's the one distributing all those touchdowns out and all the productivity. I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate. So that's my pick.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, uh, I could see it happening. I think, like I said, I think it's more byproduct of surroundings than is Dak's talent. But he's – I can't deny the numbers he's put up in that system to disagree.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. He's my dark horse MVP candidate. All right, guys, that is it for the podcast. We're going to be putting out an episode every single Monday morning. Uh, So be on the lookout. Make sure you like and subscribe this. And leave a comment so we can see – if you have any questions about the NFL season, anything you want us to talk about, any topics, leave it in the comments. We'll make sure that happens. See you, guys.
1: See you, guys.